Good afternoon. Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in soggy Seattle. Here's a wrap on today's top stories. It is Monday, January 22nd. Our top story today, investigators have ID'd the remains of the last unidentified victim of the Green River Killer. Until now, Tammy Lyles' remains were known as Bones 20. Her death and dozens of others brought terror and grief to the Puget Sound region for decades. Lyles was 16 when she disappeared, but investigators were not able to ID her remains until this year with the help of a genetic genealogy company in Texas. Sergeant Eric White with the King County Sheriff's Department says it doesn't mean investigators are done. We will still continue to look and see if there are more victims out there. This does not represent that we're done looking for victims or that these are the only victims. We're still keeping an open mind. Lyles is one of 49 victims that the Green River killer, Gary Ridgway, pled guilty to killing. Investigators believe he may have killed as many as 65 people. He is sentenced to life in prison and has been required to help police find his victims. The number of confirmed hypothermia deaths from the recent cold snap has grown to seven in King County. Today, the county's medical examiner reported one more after six had been confirmed last week. The most recently identified hypothermia victims were a 73-year-old woman in Tequila and a 63-year-old man who died in SeaTac. They died on days when the temps were below freezing overnight, and one died in their residence. In addition to these seven, a Seattle man also died from cold exposure in Moses Lake this past Saturday. Temperatures have warmed slightly, and just in time for a big social service event. Today is day one for King County officials to count the number of people who are experiencing homelessness. Casey Martin has the story. King County is required to conduct a count of homeless people to get money from the state and federal government. In the past, dozens of volunteers canvassed the county, physically counting each person sleeping outside. Officials have long known that this process is an undercount. This year, the county is teaming up with UW researchers to use sample sizes and then estimate how many people are outside. Starting Monday, volunteers are surveying people at various locations. People who complete a survey and refer other people will get small gift cards and bus tickets. The county says it will take two weeks to gather data at about 12 sites. State officials estimate that over 53,000 people are experiencing homelessness in King County. Casey Martin, KUOW News. Boeing is facing more trouble today. A second jet, the 737-900ER, is under scrutiny. The jets apparently come with similar door plug styles as the 737 MAX 9. The MAX 9s, they're still grounded after a door plug on one of them blew out during a flight from Portland. The FAA is now recommending airlines inspect the door plugs on their Boeing 737-900ER jets to make sure they're properly secured. 
There is a state of emergency over the opioid crisis, according to tribal leaders in Washington. Today, they made a coordinated push to ask Washington's legislature to declare it just that, an emergency. Some tribes have already declared their own emergencies over opioid deaths. Lummi Nation chairman Tony Hilaire said at a press briefing that an emergency declaration from the state would help break down barriers to respond to the fentanyl crisis. And I asked this rhetorically, how many funerals have you been to uh, this past year? Uh, Sometimes for us, it's every day. Several proposals have been introduced in the legislature to try to address the problem, including funding requests for more treatment and to help governments across the state better coordinate their response and prevention plans. But leaders worry that without an emergency declaration, those efforts won't be prioritized as urgently. Also at the state legislature today, Washington lawmakers are debating whether to prohibit police from using hog ties. That's where a person's wrists and ankles are tied together. Yasmin Trudeau, a state senator from Tacoma, introduced the bill this session to ban the practice statewide. And she mentioned the case of Manuel Manny Ellis, who died in 2020, face down on a Tacoma street with his hands and feet cuffed behind him. At a hearing, Ellis's sister, Monet Carter-Mixon, spoke in support of the ban. She pointed out cities such as Los Angeles enacted a ban on hogtie restraints decades ago. This should be immediately put into practice um, because it's going to save lives. But James McMahon, the policy director of the State Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs, spoke against the bill. We do not celebrate the use of hogties, nor, frankly, do we celebrate the name that we call it. We must acknowledge, however, that a restrained person can still present a danger to themselves and to others, including our officers. Three Tacoma police officers charged in the death of Manny Ellis were acquitted last month. There are eight finalists for an open seat on the Seattle City Council. Today, the council held a special meeting to hear public comment on who they should appoint. David Hyde has the rundown. Amy Chen Lozano is one of many who spoke today to support Chinatown International District activist Tanya Wu. Someone who looks out for the best interests of community and the best interests of Seattle. Wu lost her race to represent South Seattle on the council last fall, but is now the top choice for several council members and some in the business community. School board director Vivian Song is the top pick for some progressives, like Katie Wilson, who runs the Seattle Transit Riders Union. Our members voted to support Vivian Song for this council appointment because of her record of public service and her other relevant experience. The council will make its pick tomorrow afternoon. David Hyde, KUOW News. A man charged with cutting the power to tens of thousands of Pierce County residents in 2022 has been sentenced to three years of probation. Matthew Greenwood was sentenced Friday. He had pled guilty last spring. He said that he and another man, Jeremy Cran, vandalized four power substations and plotted to knock down trees to wipe out power lines so they could break into nearby businesses. Cran was sentenced to 18 months in prison last month. The 2022 Christmas Day attacks left more than 30,000 customers in the dark. A travel note today, Amtrak trains will start running again tomorrow morning between Seattle and Portland. Crews had to close the track Sunday to clear a landslide that gave way over the weekend near Kelso, just north of Vancouver.
And one more thing, pet owners, I found the thing you didn't know you needed, a poorly drawn portrait of your pet. The Humane Society for Tacoma does this every year. You donate to their fundraiser and shelter volunteers do their best to draw your pet. And the results for the past four years have been, well, let's just say they leave a lasting impression. The fundraiser is tomorrow only. And that's a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. See ya. See ya.